The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to this episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of Family Discipleship here at Providence. And once again, I'm joined by Dave Owen. Dave, thankful for you, brother. Hey, buddy. Good to be with you again. Glad to have you back. Today, we're talking about the last chapter of Paul Tripp's book, Parenting, and it's titled Mercy. Nothing more important. It's a great place to, to wrap this, this book up. The most oft-quoted verse in the Bible that's quoted by the Bible later in Scripture, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, the Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, mm-hmm. just pops up over and over and over in the Scriptures. And in Ephesians chapter 1, God, Paul is, is kind of glorying in, in God's salvation to us, and he says he does it all to the praise of the glory of his grace. This book started with a conversation about how we are ambassadors of our heavenly father to our children. Mm. And he is a God of mercy and grace. And so we primarily are to represent God in his mercy and in his grace to our kids. That's yes. uh, it's the main point of the book. So let's think for just a second, brother, what is mercy? What is it not? What is it? Mm. That's pretty important if we're, if that's yes. the main, main job is to represent it. You know, I'll, oftentimes I think it could be helpful for our listeners to, to distinguish the difference between grace and mercy, just theologically in the sense that, you know, grace is, to, is receiving something you don't deserve and, 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 uh, mercy is not receiving what you do deserve. Right, his judgment. Know, and yeah. we do deserve his his judgment, his wrath. And when he has mercy on us, he's withholding that. And, and, the, and the reality of the Bible is he didn't withhold it. He pointed it to somewhere else. He pointed it out. To, to, to a hill called Calvary on a cross with his son. And, and I love the principle. And, and so if listeners, if you hadn't had a chance to read this chapter, the principle is so good because it says no parent gives mercy better than one who is convinced that he is desperately needs it himself. I just think that captures so much of the essence of the chapter. Yeah. And the book, and we have to remind ourselves over and over because we're forgetful people, but God is rich Mm. in mercy. He is not a miser. He is not running out. He has an abundance of mercy. Uh, Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, pursue me Mm -hmm. all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's who God is. That's That's what God does. Uh, He lavishes grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy on us through Jesus. I love, I love Psalm 23. You know, when you think about it following you, it's, it's not like Andy, if you, if I jump in the car and you got in the car behind me and you followed me down to the store, Mm -hmm. the Hebrew word there, follow it actually carries the idea of following with intentions of capturing. Overtaking. <laughs> Overtaking yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's murder. Can you get that visual of God's mercy? It's just not a distance behind us. Yeah. It's coming after us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But it's not our natural tendency to show mercy. We are inclined to be demanding, to be harsh, to be impatient. This is another kind of key idea is, is that our struggle is not our kids. Our struggle is not our kids' sin. Yeah. It's inside of us. Yes. It's I thought oftentimes my kids, when they were young, it's like, man, my kids are making me impatient. And, and, and a brother spoke into my life and said, no, no, no. God's using your kids to reveal how impatient you are. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not, <laughs> no, that's not right. Yeah. 
but oh, it was so right. Yeah. I mean, Jesus speaks pretty clearly that everything that comes out of your mouth and your life comes from your heart. And, That's right. I mean, not just you, me and all of us. <laughs> all of us. That's what right. are you trying to say? <laughs> Saying you're a sinner and you need grace. Yes, I do. Yeah. So in order for us to be merciful, we must daily reflect on the mercy we are constantly receiving. First John 3, verse 1, what wonderful love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. I want to start every day of my life standing in awe of the love that God has shown me. And what happens is that gratitude and our own realization of our need softens our hearts and enables us to be more like That's right. our Father yeah. in heaven. When we did, did our in kids. our sins, but God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive. Yeah. Hey, you want to read that quote on page 199 that you Yes. Uh, yeah, you I love, love it. I got it underlined here. It says, God is working on you through your children so that he can work through you for your children. I'm going to read one more time. God is working on you through your children so that he, God, can work through you for your children. Such an amazing line. Yeah. He's, this chapter. he's not just using us in their lives. He's using them in our lives mm. so that he can make us more fit tools to use us in their <laughs> yeah, lives. It's amazing. just so, so gracious. So, <laughs> so amazing. Gracious. The way Paul Tripp kind of concludes the book is a section called Responses of Mercy. And, and really, in some ways, it's kind of a summary of the book and a lot of things he's been talking about. And he uses this illustration of we're first responders, right? Mm. First responders don't lecture they rescue, right? They don't, they don't stand and condemn or judge. They rush in when there's need. Yes. And that's how we should think of ourselves. As, uh, I love the way he says it. And he, he says, we're on a, a mission of mercy, yeah. a mission of mercy. One of my wife's and I getaways where we reflect on our parenting and how bad it is at times. We came up with these, this little grid. It was so fun. But we, we just said, listen, we, we've got a love verse listen more and lecture less. That's so good. And, and so we're just evaluating like, we're not doing this well. Love first. <laughs> L- love listen first, more. Listen more and lecture, lecture less. less. That's good. That's helpful. Well, Paul Tripp, uh, his first uh, response of, to mercy is this. Look for every opportunity to shower your children with grace. I mean, so good. So good. I love how he just says that the law of God has the power to expose the sin in your child's heart. And the law is a wonderful guide for your child's living, but it has no power at all to rescue, transform, and deliver your child. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's important to remember mercy doesn't mean laxity. It doesn't mean we call wrong right. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, um, a firmness and a, an inflexibility that's right and good because of righteousness. And, right. uh, but it's always velvet coated. It's, it's tender hearted. It's patient. Mm. It's compassionate. I love um, that line. It, um, grace moves toward wrong, not to condemn, but to rescue. Yeah. Restore, help, forgive. Amen. It's a good one. Amen. Okay. The next one is be careful to help your children see the heart behind the behavior. I mean, you hear this come out over and over in this book, but the target, the goal is not just behavior, it's the heart. That's right. Behavior modification will not last. I think a couple of chapters ago, we, we hit that. And I think this is a great reminder. The, the book concludes that you've got to go under those symptoms to the root. Yeah. Uh, and that's the heart. And it's not just a one-time thing, right? This is over and over, day after day, with the hope that the Spirit of God will use that 
to bring about an increasing awareness and a conviction of sin and uh, the cry of, of for help to God. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Amen. And that's really the next point. Be patiently committed to process. Yes. Oh, goodness. It doesn't happen in a moment. No. Change happens over time for us and our kids. And so it requires patience and being willing to have that same conversation. I know. I, I, I was like, can we just have this once? I mean, my or, or not just one, <laughs> maybe just 20 times. All right, 20. we had it 20 times. Isn't not that enough? 75. <laughs> yeah. Yes, over and over. Over and over. Uh, next point is point your kids every day to Jesus. Yes. Yes, I, I think that helps us see, like we were talking in the last um, podcast of just the centrality of Jesus in every day of life. It's not a Sunday thing. It's a, it's a week to week, day to day. He, he is the summation. He, he has supremacy over everything. And to be able to talk about him in that way is glorious. Yeah. He says, don't let a day go by without your children somehow, some way hearing the beautiful truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ once again, right? Yes. The gospel's at the center of this rescue mission. That's right. Next is humbly accept your limits. Here he's getting at the, again, earthly power tools that we try to use. We try to bring about change by increasing the volume, by threats, by manipulation, guilt, anger. So Andy, um, you're telling me if, if I yell really loud, that doesn't work? You know, uh, it's just so, uh, it, I mean, it's because we have a fallen nature. We have an old man to contend with, uh, sinful nature in our own hearts to contend with. But I mean, just think if you and I were in a conversation and you saw me struggling with something and you just got in my face and started yelling at me, like, is that going to encourage me to repent of my sin and change? No. no. And yet we, we tend to do that with our kids. And so he says, you're simply called to expose what's bad, point to what's good and talk about the redeemer who can lead them from the one to the other. And it, it reminds me of John 5 when Jesus, he says that an hour's coming when the, you'll hear the voice of the Son of God and all who hear will live. And the one who hears and follows him will not enter to judgment, but has passed out of death into life. And so mm. it's, we are instruments of helping them hear his voice, That's right? right? We right. are his ambassadors speaking the words of Christ, pointing them to the Savior and humble reliance on God that he would open their their hearts to, to hear it and he would bring them out of death. And a quick life. word to, to fathers here as well. So, you know, the word in Ephesians says, you know, fathers don't provoke your children. And I think some of the provoking that stirs them up is a, a angry response, a loud voice, uh, you know, this authority kind of ruling over. And I've, I've messed up so many times in this area. And I think when you humbly accept your, there's a humility that you can speak truth to your children but it's the demeanor and the tone in which you do it yeah. that, that I think sets up the conversation to go a lot better yeah. than just yelling. Like most people, children are better drawn than driven. Right. And, and uh, a silken cord of love is much more effective than, a, right. than a rod of right. iron. And it's yeah. God, right? God, Romans, his kindness leads, leads us, us to, to repentance. repentance. Yeah. Next, he says, remind your heart each morning to rest in the presence and power of your heavenly father. So good. There's a reason that we have notifications on our phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a reason we put we forget reminders. <laughs> we forget them all the time. Yeah. And this is the one that we should never forget. 
And he's, he says we should remember both who God is and who we are in Christ, like who God is for us That's right. in Christ, right? It's both. And that's, remember that he is a glorious, gracious God and that he has poured that grace out on us. That's right. And he says, remember and rest, then go out and parent with that's a right. heart filled with hope and courage because it's not going to be easy. Yeah, that's right. Willingly confess your faults. That's the next one. Willingly confess your faults. And here he means confess them to God, your failures, rest in what Christ has done, right? You don't need to defend yourself because Christ is your defender. He has died. He has risen again. But he says your children also need to hear your confession, right? right. We need to confess our sin to our kids also. That's huge. We ask uh, randomly, Julie and I will ask our kids, hey, what can we do better at parenting? And, and they just encourage us like we could probably ask for forgiveness more. Yeah. <laughs> that was really encouraging. And, and what you said just a moment ago about not exasperating our children, yeah. that, that I think that has the idea of, of cultivating a settled anger in them. Mm-hmm. Like if we raise our voice, we yell, if we live as if we aren't in need of rescue, right. if we aren't in need of grace, oh. that's probably the quickest way to exasperate and to lead to the settled anger in our kids' hearts. That's and right. So like you said, gentleness and confession when we aren't gentle that's and right. humbly acknowledging our faults. Next, he says, root all that you require, say, and do in the wonderful wisdom of Scripture. Mm. I just love that. Just again, you got to do that. You, you know, oftentimes say, you know, we want to get in the Word so the Word gets in us. And so, as parents, the the wisdom to parent comes from the Word. And and so, parents just. Again, we, we encourage you, Pastor Brian encourages us, if, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, to, to try uh, to eat. We wouldn't go a day without eating food, right? Yeah. We need it for physical stamina and, and our bodies to be sustained. And so much more, more. important is God's yeah. Word. Yeah, we're God's tool, and God's Word is our primary tool in the lives of our children. And it also, the Bible sets the agenda. He says our job isn't to produce little clones, right? right. We don't want to try to just make our kids just like us or what we want them to be. God has a better plan, right? right. He says he, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, Romans eight twenty nine. that right. he, the son, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Like God's plan is for you and your kid to always be growing to look more and more like Jesus. And so when we let the word wash over us and rule in our hearts, that's uh, the direction we're going to be going. And let me just say a word to the parents real quick. Listen, if, if you don't talk to your kids about everything and how the Bible addresses it, the world is talking to them about everything with a different message, with a different message. So sexuality, relationships, money, aspirations, authority, authority, everything. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And so parents, listen, if you don't know where it is in the Bible, reach out to pastor Andy, myself, listen, the Bible addresses every single thing from the history of the world. It has, and you've got to start talking about everything because they can Google it. They can find it. If they have questions about anything and everything, so create that environment in your home that brings a freedom for your kids to ask you anything. And it, it kind of relates to what we talked about in the last episode that, you know, the, the Bible isn't like a, um, a topical guidebook that you just like open up. Hey, I need to talk about finances. Let me just find the finance section. Like, obviously, there are specific references. A lot of them actually that talk about finance and money. 
you know, really we have to learn to see all of life in light of all of God's word. And that happens through slow, regular investments best. And sure. it's not that we should consult for specific topics, right? Totally. But at the same time, the primary way that we should be shaping our worldview according to the truth of the Bible is by regularly, individually, and as a family, sitting down and listening to the Bible and processing it together, yes. whether it's at dinner, at breakfast, in the car, before bed, whenever it is, we've got to let God's word dwell richly in our hearts and in our conversation. That's it. One quick word, organic, let it be organic sometimes. Absolutely. You don't have to have this formal, everybody says, I mean, do you have like this concentrated formal time? No, it's just organic. We're just throughout the day, breakfast, a verse, at night, reading the word together at the, at the table around dinner and food's flying and a few arguments are breaking out and mm-hmm. the dog's jumping and you, you just, you plow through it. And uh, it, it's not like we, we sit down on the couch and have 10 minutes of complete silence and yeah. no, no it, it's messy, but it's good. Yeah. A key I think is intentionality to, That's right. yeah, to open the word and to listen to it. Okay. So don't treat opportunities like hassles here. It's when your kids, when you see the sin in your kids' hearts, tendencies to get frustrated and to feel like this is an interruption, but really those are the key moments of ministry opportunities are gifts of grace that God is helping you see what's in your child's heart so that you can help them see. That's right. Uh, be slow to anger and quick to forgive. That's it. Sums itself up. I mean, and forgiveness is is one of the things I think practice often in your home. Yeah, it it does miracles in the home when I, when you learn to forgive. Yeah, I've heard Frosty say uh, just as an encouragement, like you're not the punishment. Right. If you if you're holding on to frustration and resentment, like you're gonna kind of you're gonna withhold affection and. He just said, man, that's just, that's not going to cultivate love and openness of relationship. You've got, you've got to avoid trying to be the punishment. You want to discipline and move on, forgive and and love and be quick, quick to enjoy time together. Enjoy one another. Yeah. All right. Pray before, during, and after (laughs) prayer, parenting through prayer, right? That's, it's really our, I said the scriptures are our most important tool. Prayer is probably just as important, right? A hundred percent. And then he's before they're. They're born while they're born, while they're home, after they leave. Before you discipline, <laughs> while you discipline, after you discipline. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, we do our best parenting when we start on our knees, when we start through prayer. And then the last point is do all of these things over and over again. Yes. Oh, my. Um, Lean into his mercy. Yeah, press hard into his grace. Press and um, he's, he's with us, brothers and sisters. He will not leave us or forsake us. He doesn't leave us to ourselves, That's right. but he exerts his omnipotent energy for our good. And he empowers the service that he desires in us. I said the most important notification and reminder you could ever put on your phone is that God has loved you and shown you grace and mercy in his son, Christ. Amen. 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 Well, Praise God for this conversation. Praise God for Paul Tripp and this book, Parenting. We hope that it's been a blessing to you these last 15, 16 weeks, however long it's been, going through it, talking about it each week. Thankful for your listeners, and we pray that God would strengthen your hearts with His grace today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.